It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go! Jets win it! Touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time to review the film from the Jets and the Chiefs. The Jets losing 23-20, to but a lot of positives to take from this tape, believe it or not. And so to break it all down, our man who does all the film over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet, the thunder from down under, Mr. Luke Grant. Luke, what's up, brother? I'm doing pretty well, Scott. You know, when it was 17 nothing. The start of the second quarter, I thought, oh my goodness, I don't want to make content. I don't want to talk about the Jets. I'm over this. But look, credit to them. The locker room stayed together. They fought. Obviously, Zach Wilson was fantastic. There were a lot of bright spots, as you said, and I'm looking forward to uh, to breaking it down and talking about it for everyone. Yeah, for sure. I was sitting there with our mutual friend, Alex Rollins, and I turned to him and said, I'm so sorry you flew in for this game because obviously the original intent was for him to come and watch Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes on Sunday Night Football. That wasn't what ended up happening, and when it got off to a 17-0 start, I felt so bad for him that he flew out for this, but he ended up seeing a really good game that was marred by terrible officiating. So before we get into the players, when you looked at the All-22, was the officiating as bad as we all thought in real time? You know what, Scott? It was just so disappointing because that last drive in particular, the Jets were just smashed by poor officiating decisions. Look, let's start with the source guard and a pass interference, sorry, um, defensive holding call that took away the interception. In a vacuum, if you look at that play and you read the rules, could you say that is a pass uh, a pass interference or a, a five-yard flag for a defensive hold? I understand you could. But that's not how NFL games are officiated. You have to look at the body of work. It's like a strike zone in baseball. You can't give the low pitch all day and then take it away in the ninth inning and say, well, it's technically not a strike. You have to be consistent. And that call was such a lack of consistency. The fact that he threw the flag, and you can see it from one of the views on the All-22, he threw it after the fact that the interception was made by, I think it was Michael Carter II, and then obviously the flag took away that interception, the drive continued. Then you have the hold on Jermaine Johnson, which was, look, I know that every O-line coach doesn't believe that Lane Johnson false starts. There's no such thing as a hold for an offensive lineman. That's a hold. Like, I'm sorry, it is. And then even if you look at the um, the Pacheca uh, touchdown run where he just gashed the Jets outside zone left edge, uh, that was a... It looked like Kurt Angle grabbing the ankle and twisting there <laughs> on the backside of that play. So, look, all in all, the Jets were hosed a number of times. Look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist as such. I'll leave that to Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback. But I, look, the, the NFL and the, the wave of new fans and influx of fans they've got from Taylor Swift, uh, supporters coming across to the game is obviously pretty large. It's pretty significant for the sport, for sales, for, for views and eyeballs. And look, sometimes you just wonder if they wanted the Chiefs to win that game of football. Luke, I'm thoroughly impressed with your Kurt Angle reference. Well done. 
<laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I got a bit of wrestling in me. <laughs> Let's talk about a guy who's been wrestling with the critics for the last couple of years, and that, of course, is Zach Wilson. Going into this game, everybody was just hoping that somehow he wouldn't fall apart. Somehow he would keep the Jets in this game, and he did more than that. He played really, really well. When you looked at the tape, I assume you saw one of the best games that Zach Wilson's ever played because just watching live in person, that's what it appeared to be to me. And then when I went back and watched it again, that's what I saw when I looked at the tape. Some of these throws were just on the money. His footwork looked as clean as it's looked in a really long time. As I joked on Twitter during the game, this felt more like BYU Zach Wilson than at any time since maybe early in his rookie year. Obviously, that Tennessee game his rookie year was a lot of fun, but the consistency wasn't there, just some big home run plays. The Tampa game was pretty good. That's probably the one I would point to, but I thought overall this was a fantastic step forward for Zach Wilson and a lot to like on the yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, Scott. I always reference the Tampa Bay game, his rookie year. Went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady, that whole Antonio Brown incident when he ran off the field with his shirt off. Um, he was really consistent throwing the ball into tight windows over the middle of the field. But I think this was easily his best NFL start. And it's against a really complex, really difficult defense in the Kansas City Chiefs. We know their defensive coordinator loves to run these blitzes through the A-gap. He's got some Wink Martindale about him. They stopped blitzing because Zach Wilson in the second quarter at the start of the third quarter was picking them apart. But the thing that stood out for me, Scott, was the internal clock was there. It was one hitch, two hitch, get to your check down, find Brees Hall, find an outlet. That incredible play where he saw pressure through the A-gap, ran to his right-hand side and threw a beautiful ball to Michael Carter. And Michael Carter just symbols it and just does not catch the football after complaining about him being missed in the red zone earlier. Then you had that drive after halftime Five throws, five ridiculous incompletions. It started with the back shoulder to Tyler Conklin down the seam. What a great throw. Get it going. But then the ball to Jeremy Ruckett. That's one that I think some people are underrating. Again, another back shoulder. Threw him open. Ruckett ran a really nice route from the slot. He had uh, threatened the corner back to the inside, then broke outside release. Um, won his route. But that Zach Wilson's ball placement. It was supreme. Um, the ball to... Uh, CJ Uzama on the touchdown he threw off platform with touch uh, with anticipation that was a gorgeous in the bucket throw in a place that Zach's really struggled in the red zone I even look at the play that Tyler Conklin dropped the touchdown yes Zach missed Michael Carter underneath keep the chains moving forward I get it but that was an incredible magician escape act it looked like Patrick Mahomes in the pocket which is what we said at BYU The, the thing I liked about this though Scott is we talked about the Tennessee game That was a couple of bombs, as you mentioned, out of the pocket, just scrambling around. So much of this game was one, or sorry, the wins for Zach Wilson were inside the pocket and inside of structure. It wasn't just those little scramble plays I mentioned look like Patrick Mahomes. It was him orchestrating the offense, and that's what we've needed to see. And look, I've been pretty bullish on this, Scott. Yeah, Zach Wilson played terribly against New England, uh, but I think the play calling was disgusting. I think against the Cowboys and Bills, Zach Wilson was serviceable to good. So for me... Everyone's panicking online, and this narrative is that Zach Wilson, you can't win with him. They've beaten the Bills, and they lost by three in prime time to the Kansas City Chiefs. So big steps forward for Zach Wilson. It's just about consistency now. He's got a great opportunity against the Denver Broncos, who can't stop anything right now. The question's going to be, can Nathaniel Hackett stay aggressive? Because that is why we're in a hole against New England. He was aggressive on first down, and Zach Wilson prospered. Another thing that I think helped Zach Wilson in this game was the offensive line. The pass protection for the second straight week was really good. 
Joe Tipman, the rookie out of Wisconsin, making a huge difference. Swapping him in and swapping out Dwayne Brown seems to have done a lot. Lakin Tomlinson, maybe his best game as a Jet. Elijah Vera Tucker, Makai Becton, both holding up pretty well at tackle. Even Connor McGovern was pretty solid. So overall, I really liked what the offensive line did here. If they can keep it up and keep that pocket clean for Zach Wilson, we could see a lot more positive contributions from the quarterback the rest of the way. Yeah, you know what, Scott? Everyone and their mother knew that the Jets' best five offensive linemen had Joe Tipman on the interior somewhere and Elijah Vera Tucker at, guard, uh, at right tackle. Sorry, Like, everybody knew. Makai Becton, he's the Jets' best left tackle. What a surprise. Elijah Vera Tucker's their best right tackle after we saw all of that tape against Denver at left tackle and all the things he did last year against Miami early in the season. We knew this. Like, the Jets talked all pre-season excuse me, all preseason about getting your best five on the field, but it took injuries and stubbornness from Robert Sulla and, you know, an offensive line coach we weren't particularly fond of in Coach Carter for them to finally get to what everyone online, be it Twitter, Facebook, listeners of the podcast, they know this. They know this is the Jets' best five. Joe Tipman has allowed one pressure in over 80 pass rushing snaps. He's playing out of position. Yeah, he's played a little bit of guard at Wisconsin, but he's a center. And he's done that in his first two NFL games. Ridiculous. You mentioned Lakin Tomlinson, his best game as a Jet. He had, I think it was 45 um, dropbacks Zach Wilson had. Lakin Tomlinson didn't allow pressure. But Scott, let me tell you what a huge part of that is. Yes, it's Tomlinson's game. You have to give the individual credit. It's Mekhi Becton. Playing next to a talented player is going to lift your game. Who did he play next to in San Francisco? Trent Williams, one of the best to ever do it, if not the best to ever do it, with guys like Joe Thomas and all those kind of dogs in the modern era. So having that level of you know, competitor and talent next to you has elevated Lake and Tomlinson. And then Elijah Vera Tucker is just doing his thing on the edge as well. You sprinkle in some blocking from Jeremy Ruckett and you understand why Brees Hall is able to pop a 40-yard run when he'd been running into a brick wall. So really impressive performance from those guys that were helped out by Zach Wilson being on time with his eyes and his feet. And it just mirrored and matched really well together. And I was impressed by the unit. Um, the first time I watched the game live, I didn't get to watch too much of it. I was at work and you kind of miss a lot, but I thought the details in the offensive lines game was really impressive. There's no miscommunications. I just very, very clean performance from that group. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Luke, when you look at the running game, Brees Hall did really well. Only six carries, but a really high yards per carry average. Dalvin Cook, unfortunately, looks like he's stuck in quicksand. I think it's only a matter of time and hopefully this week where the Jets just stop giving him those carries and start giving them to Michael Carter or even activate Israel Abanacanda and start mixing him in because Dalvin Cook looks, and I'm sorry to use this pun, cooked at the moment. But seeing Brees Hall do better was a very positive sign for the Jets. They're going to need him. A big part of this to me is that Zach Wilson was connecting on passes so it opened up things in the running game. The run blocking was better too, and they used Ruckert more, so a little bit of everything, right? Yeah, I think for me, obviously it starts with play calling. When you're not running the ball on football sorry, when you're not running the ball on first down, it's beneficial to your passing game. And if your passing game is thriving, then the knock on and domino effect from that is that it's gonna open up the running lanes because you have to put two safeties deep. You have to worry about the passing weapons. We saw Alan Lazard go a little bit crazy at times. So then yeah, Brees Hall's got lanes. I'm not super concerned about the number of touches for Brees Hall. Um, I know he probably is, and he's already been quite vocal through the start of the season. But the Jets were down 17 nothing, And I think you have to understand the context of this football game. Yes, they want to stick true to who they are and their identity, but sometimes you need to throw the football to beat Patrick Mahomes, especially when you're in a 17 nothing hole on primetime. So 
I think that number will be rectified. Um, Michael Carter looks dangerous again when he catches or you know holds onto the football. I was impressed with what I saw there. You mentioned it. Scott, I talked about this ad nauseum in the offseason. People said Dalvin Cook was going to push the Jets over the edge, and I said Dalvin Cook might not even be a good backup to Brees Hall because he's not a compliment. He doesn't do anything better, and he's a vastly, steeply declining player. Unfortunately, it's one of the few times that I am correct about it. So he's been very, very disappointing. I, look, he's borderline unusable at this point. I know Michael Narnia had some statistics over at Jet, Jet X Factor talking about um, the Jets offense in general with Dalvin Cook on the field versus off the field. So if you're interested, go check those out. But it paints the picture that we're describing. It has to be Israel Abanakanda, Michael Carter getting an influx, and obviously Brees Hall's numbers being bumped up as well. What was encouraging to me about the offense too, Luke, was the way that Zach Wilson spread the ball around. Alan Lazard, Garrett Wilson, Tyler Conklin all getting involved, as you said, even Jeremy Ruckert a little bit. Tyler Conklin, I thought, could have caught that pass in the end zone. Wasn't a perfect throw by Zach Wilson, but certainly a catchable ball for Conklin. Overall, though, those guys all getting involved and making plays really adds another element to the Jet offense. That Alan Lazard play where he came back for the ball, that to me was a signature play because it showed that Zach Wilson had built confidence in somebody other than Garrett Wilson there. And now going forward, you have to think that Zach Wilson is looking at not just Wilson, but also Lazard, Conklin, and to a lesser extent, somebody like Ruckert, and even out of the backfield, Brees Hall and guys like that. So it was nice to see those guys all get involved. That passing game finally starting to come together a little bit. I'll tell you what I loved about it, Scott. It's almost a juxtaposition when I say this. They forced the ball to Garrett Wilson more. He had 12 targets, nine catches for 60 yards. But then there was also this wealth of being able to spread around the football when they needed to. And that by using Garrett Wilson early, they had to react and take him away. And then suddenly you can get open receivers down the seam like Tyler Conklin one-on-one. I had to look it up just then as you were speaking because I thought this was the number. The Jets had 10 pass catches against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. 10. This is an offense that hasn't completed 10 passes a game at times. (laughs) And the other thing I want to touch on is we're finally seeing some creativity. You know, the Jets have got this stud rookie punt returner in Xavier Gibson, who's come in and looked ridiculous and obviously won us the game in week one. They get him the ball and he gets a little bit fancy with his footwork in the red zone, trucks someone and looks explosive as well and gets three touches. Like this is what's been missing. And yes, look, I can hear Robert Stella saying it now. You don't get all the touches and snaps when you can't get Ruckett on the field and Gibson on the field when you don't, you know, prolong drives and extend drives. But you can do that stuff on first down too. And finally, the Jets woke up. You're right. It was just a really well-rounded unit. Lazard with that deep tracking ability that I broke down, that was the number one quality I saw on film. Throw the deep ball. He's so good at – you have to respect his catch radius. The drop zone belongs to Alan Lazard. He's really, really good at that. He doesn't high point the football. He keeps his ground. He uses his body almost uh, to box them out like a basketballer and then brings in the football, and he did it superbly, obviously, on that deep catch. He had three for 60, and all in all, it was just a really good performance. Ruckett with the back shoulder catch, um, Conklin with a couple, even uh, CJ Uzama had the touchdown catch. So it was just, it was a really, there was a lot of synergy from the Jets on offense, and that's exciting to see. Defensively, the Jets' pass rush was really strong against Josh Allen in Week 1, sort of disappeared against Dallas and New England, but then against the Kansas City Chiefs, it was back with a vengeance. Jets getting some heat on Patrick Mahomes throughout the night. What would you see that was different that led to greater success than we'd seen the previous two weeks? 
You know, Scott, I'm still a little iffy about this unit. I'm still a little lower on them than most people. I'm disappointed that they come out a lot of these games and when the chips are on the table and it's early first and second quarter, like against New England, they let teams drive down the field and score. And this is before you can start making the, well, they're tired and the offense isn't scoring points and they're always on the field. You can't use those excuses in the first and second quarter. So I just want to say I'm a little bit concerned about how they're starting football games and they're getting driven on a little easy and it's a little bend, but don't break. But right now they're breaking a little more often than I'd like. But you have to give them credit. The second half they played was absolutely ridiculous. To hold the Kansas City Chiefs to three points, to take away Travis Kelsey was special. I got to give my flowers to Quincy Williams, Scott, because he's fantastic. But again, it all starts up front, as you said. Quinton Williams has the third most pressures in the NFL right now. He only has half a sack, so people go, oh, Quinton Williams has been a bit quiet, hasn't he? But that's why you don't box score scout. He has the third most pressures in the entirety of the NFL. He's been an absolute beast on the inside. Bryce Huff needs to be possibly the best, the Jets' best player on defense outside of Quinton and Quincy Williams. Um, his snaps have been bumped up considerably, something that I wasn't really sure he could do. I've always called him a role player. He has taken on a bigger role and he is thriving. If there was an interception, if there was a, um, you know, a throwaway, Patrick Mahomes having to scramble, it was usually Bryce Huff who was getting the pressure and uh, causing the disruption in the backfield. He was immense. Um, I thought Jefferson had a couple of good snaps as well. Um, so look, on the whole, I think the Jets defensive line was better. And look, I know I'm rough on them at the start of games, but I, look, I don't want people to think that I'm being critical of the way they played in the hole because they were fantastic in the second half. They should have intercepted Patrick Mahomes three times, and that just doesn't happen. There's obviously the stat that's out there from Opta that's talked about how Zach Wilson was the first quarterback in NFL history to beat or to outdo or outmatch, outperform uh, Patrick Mahomes in catches, uh, attempt, uh, sorry, attempts completed in yards, in touchdowns, and in interceptions. And yes, that's Zach Wilson, but a lot of that comes down to the defense as well. So tip of the cap to them, holding one of the best units in the NFL to three points in the second half, giving the Jets a chance. Unfortunately, they just couldn't get over the line, but you have to be excited about the games against Denver and some of these weaker teams coming up. Luke, not only is Wilson the first guy in the NFL to best Patrick Mahomes in all of those categories in a single game, he's the first guy to do it in Patrick Mahomes' entire career going back to college. So a very impressive feat for Zach Wilson. And it just shows you how well the Jets' secondary played in conjunction with the pass rush, which was very effective. Talk about the secondary here because Travis Kelsey got off to a really good start and then boom, he was more or less erased. And Patrick Mahomes didn't have any real weapons to go to the rest of the way. He struggled, as you said. He was baited into a couple of interceptions. Ashton Davis, of all people, picked him off. What did you see from the <laughs> secondary here that works so well in conjunction with the pass rush? Yeah, the whole back seven was really, really good. CJ Mosley had a pick as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you're, I, I talked about being right about Dalvin Cook. I was so wrong about Quincy Williams. I've always thought he's a solid player, but he's a flashy guy that has lacked substance. He's been, and this might not be hyperbolic, he has been the best linebacker in the NFL to start the 2023 season. Some of the work he does with his back to the defense in man coverage, breaking up passes by looking at the eyes and the hands of the receiver or the tight end that he's covering. Borderline looks like a corner this year. He has really harnessed his athletic ability and turned himself into a great footballer on top of being a great athlete. So he's been a huge reason why the back seven has succeeded. But then again, Michael Carter, the second, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. They were 
outstanding. As you mentioned, Patrick Mahomes had to look for his tight ends and running backs a lot because it's really, really difficult to throw on what, what might be one of the best tandems or trios in the NFL. So they did a good job too. Um, the busted coverage obviously isn't someone being beaten one-on-one in man coverage. The long touchdown run was a hold. So all of these things are little either miscommunications or little mistakes from officiating. There just wasn't consistent movement from the Chiefs offense. And that's not something we're accustomed to seeing out of Patrick Mahomes-led offenses. So they they did a great job. And they mixed up their coverages enough. They obviously play a lot of cover one man on third down. But when they needed to, they sprinkled in some other looks. They baited Patrick Mahomes into throwing some interceptions. And I thought all in all, it was a really good performance from the back seven in total. For as well as the Jets secondary played in this game and helped make Patrick Mahomes look mortal, the run defense left a lot to be desired. I know there was a hold on that Pacheco touchdown run, but overall the Jets got gashed on the ground. I think a big part of it is they were a little too aggressive here, and sometimes that comes back to bite you. Talk a little bit about what you saw from the run defense. What were they doing wrong? What do you think they need to fix? Yeah, look, I think part of it is that they're playing some more defensive shells and pass coverage oriented shells. And that's okay because I'd rather the chiefs run on me than let Patrick McCombs, Mahomes, excuse me, throw for 400 yards. But some of this is exactly what you just talked about. The wide nine, one gap penetrating scheme, the width they play with the weakness is that it just causes so many big holes and lanes. If they are over aggressive and over pursue and people get caught out of position. And in general, the jets haven't had a good, a good run defense since Foley Fatakasi left and obviously haven't been anywhere near the levels of that Snacks Harrison-led defense uh, back in the early 2010s, or sorry, 2015, that kind of time frame. So um, look, all in all, I think part of it was game plan, and part of it is that the Jets just don't really have the horses. Al Woods can't get on the field very much because his pass rushing has been next to nothing. Quinn and Williams is really good, but the other guys are all just kind of okay. Jermaine Johnson's a really good run defender, but you guys like Michael Clements, he's okay. Carl Lawson is okay. Uh, JFM is fine when he's playing on the edge, but none of them are truly elite. And the Jets kind of have found themselves getting run on a little bit to start the season. So it's a little, a little bit concerning. Luke, anything else you noticed on tape during this game that we didn't touch on yet? No, I think that was it. I mean, so much of this game and so much of the NFL is based on play calling. And I know I've already talked about it, but I'm going to touch on it again because people, they crucified Zach Wilson last week. And I... I didn't want to say too much because you don't want to sound like you're a guy who's just blindly defending someone. But I just kept seeing an offense that would run the football on first down. The Patriots would blow it up and they'd be in second and 12. And Zach Wilson against the most exotic defense and Bill Belichick is asked to throw the ball on second and long every single time. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I just went, how is that helping a young quarterback? People talk about, well, you're protecting him. You're running the football. You want to protect the quarterback, move the pocket, play action pass, throw the ball on first down. They are the exact three things that Nathaniel Hackett did against the Chiefs. So I just hope people, when they're watching these games and it's on TV in the heat of the moment, understand that there's layers to performances from players. And yes, it's the Jimmys and Joes out there, but the X's and O's are crucial. And I'll talk about that in the YouTube video coming in the next 24 hours. Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the film from the Jets and Chiefs with me. Really appreciate it. For those who want to check out everything we're doing over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash play like a jet. What can they see when they go over there? What are they going to see over the next couple of days? And what are they going to get when they go to our store at tpublic.com? That's tee Yeah, you're going to see a lot of 10-minute film breakdowns. This week, we've got Zach Wilson, Quincy Williams, 
Um, we'll look at uh, some of Alan Lazard's impact and Jeremy Ruckett. So they're the things we're going to touch on. Um, there were some players that I thought were fantastic. The Zach Wilson video is obviously going to be the biggest of those. I'm excited to break it down because, yeah, I'm a fan of Zach Wilson and the way he goes about his business. He's had a tough week. So make sure you subscribe over there. The T Public stuff is awesome. We've got the Zap the Ripper shirts. Perfect time to bring those out. Um, we've got the Bless You, Thank You range with Quinn and Williams, who I mentioned, one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. The Play Like a Jet logo merch. I, look, I'm just, I'm excited. I, the Jets lost, and this is the most hopeful I've felt about the season. It's kind of <laughs> saying something about our expectations, but I think the Jets have a chance to still win nine games, and that may sound crazy, but I'm I'm feeling it. So make sure you check us out and, and support the channel. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's tee And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.